HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome back to Heritage Radio Network on tour. I'm Hannah Forden here at the Good Food Mercantile in San Francisco. Um, thanks so much to Good Food for having us here today and to the Julia Child Foundation for making our on-tour coverage possible. I am here with some very lovely friends. I have Sam Suchoff from Lady Edison and David Yord from Philosophy Foods. And um, tell me a little bit about how the two of you work together. Oh, well... Uh, that's an evolving story. Involving uh, and, and very involved and deep. <laughs> yes. uh, I got introduced to Sam t- two and a half, three years ago, maybe, uh, from a mutual friend in North Carolina, um, Bobby Zimmerman. Zimmerman. Um, and he told me there's this ham that you have to try. It's in North Carolina. It's nowhere else. And he needs your help and so they sent this lady edison ham to our offices in new york we opened it up started carving it and all of a sudden our whole office smelled like fish sauce and anchovies and everyone like what is that and so we tasted this ham and it was um like something we've never had before and um we've sold tons of iberico ham in the past and prosciutto and it really blew us away And so we started distributing this ham in New York. Um, And then we started selling more than he could produce. And so he started producing more. And just last year, we ran into a situation where we needed to work more tightly together and actually become partners. uh, So we could kind of finance the buying of these pork legs for 18 months. Um, And now we're where we're at. And it's grown quite a bit and successful. And now we have hams to sell, which is why we're here today. Awesome. And Sam, um, you were connected with us through our founder, Patrick Martins. Um, uh, Tell me a little bit about the genesis of Lady Edison. Uh, Well, so I guess Lady Edison started uh, about 10 years ago. I opened a a small barbecue restaurant. Actually, it was a place called, it was called the Barbecue Joint. I'd worked there. I'd learned you know, they made their own bacon and sausage. And uh, so I'd worked there for a year and a half and was off doing other things when I found out that the, uh, they'd gone out of business. And in, in the meantime, I had kind of started doing consulting with uh, uh, NC Choices. There, there was this project looking to uh, help bring together local farmers, uh, hog farmers and beef farmers in particular 
to find someone to uh, basically, I don't have, not con- conglomerate, to... Like from sort of like a guild or some sort of support uh, system? Yeah, to basically a middleman, someone who would buy from multiple people and then sell it under one, sell it under one brand. Um, anyway, so I was, I was consulting with them on what they could make, you know, the part they could sell the loins, what could they make with the parts they couldn't sell. And so I've met all these farmers and then I got a call that this barbecue restaurant was going out of business. So I came in, uh, talked to the former owners and they're like, yeah, go for it. Uh, so I kind of took over what they were doing, but with the spin that we were buying whole hogs from these local farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time, uh, you know, we started throwing the whole animal in the smoker of North Carolina barbecue. Uh, but over time we realized the loin was the least valuable part for us, most valuable part for other restaurants around us. So we started parting it out basically. Mm. Um, and one of the parts that got parted out were the hams. So we started, uh, actually met Rufus Brown from Johnson County Hams, maybe two and a half years before I started the pig. Um, and he runs, or he ran Johnson County Hams. He's the third generation of his family to do uh, country ham. And he was able to work into his schedule curing hams for me. Like once a month I would send up a batch of hams. Um, and this was just a little project for the restaurant and for friends. but. Uh, you know, as people tasted the ham, more people wanted it. And it got into some, you know, pretty special places. And yeah, and then I got hooked up with, with Dave and he really got it into special places. And we realized that we could, we needed to put more hams up. And so we started at three pigs a week and now we're doing 32 pigs a week. Wow, that is, that's a lot of growth. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm curious, because I think for folks who are outside of the industry, um, what distributors like philosophy foods do can be a little bit opaque um so david i'd love to hear about the philosophy of philosophy foods and and how it is that you um find and connect with makers and and what you're looking for sure uh well we're even more opaque than most other companies nobody understands what we do uh but in general we work with about now seven producers um we're partners in two of those producers uh, and then the other five we import from Spain Um, so we generally market only to distributors whether it's an imported product that we have or a domestic product that we're partners in Um, so it's a little bit of a different concept than just being a a regular distributor Uh, but what that does provide is um, efficiencies of scale where we can come to shows like this and do the fancy food show and show seven different products um, and kind of divide that cost between the five mm-hmm. or the seven different producers um, and it, it makes things easier although we do like need to always step back and understand we have to focus on each di- different brand individually um, so far it's working but my wife Carrie and I have kind of you know, made an oath to keep it focused um, and more on quality than trying to grow bigger. We want to be the best, not the biggest. So um, that's what we do. Uh, As far as the types of products we're looking for, in different facets, we've been in the industry for a long time, so we have a lot of relationships. Um, It has to be, in our opinion, best in class or as good as anything else out there. 
um, is our first criteria. And then, you know, both parties need to want to work together and have a need to work together. So um, it's not like we, we have a preconceived notion of what we want and then go out and find it. It usually happens organically. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds like, you know, there are certain things that you taste them and they're unforgettable. That's and it. that was your experience with Lady Edison. Um, so we're here at Good Food. Um, what are you the most excited about sharing from Lady Edison? And, and feel free to expand on the other brands you work with, David. What are you excited to share with folks here at Mercantile? Um, well, I mean, these shows are fun because every time you know we, we have a nice ham on the stand, and every every ham is different, which is uh, which is interesting. You know, it makes it uh, hard for for some venues to deal with, but it's makes it perfect for others. You know, it, it's a really, uh, it, it's fun and interesting and has character. And so, I mean, one of my favorite parts about these shows is is opening up the hams. Although, I guess it's it's my favorite when it turns out great. We always have a backup <laughs> ham because, I mean, these, these hams are wild. I mean, they are, you know, aged in very warm, very humid temperature. And that's what allows it to kind of grow that funk. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the ham's always exciting. I've been working on a collaboration with the Smoking Goose, and so I've got some Induya that we've been doing. Um, I've been sending uh, pork bellies to Indianapolis to Chris Ely, and he grinds them, mixes them, cures them, ages them, and sends it back to me, uh, and that's been really good. Mm -hmm. We actually just, I haven't even tried it yet. We sent him a bunch of country ham scraps, and he did a, a uh, what he's calling a ham belly sausage, and so that's going to be at the uh, the Good Food original table. Um, it's a new project I think that they're working on, trying to kind of help incubate products that they think are great, get them distributed within their network of of, of merchants, uh, and yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um, so I'm curious to hear about um, working on these new collaborations because it sounds like your history is really focused on ham. Um, so what is it like kind of branching out and doing these these new lines with other products? Um, I mean, it, it, I, I mean, I guess it comes pretty natural to me. Although, I mean, the ham was definitely like the first project. I mean, that in itself is a collaboration. Uh, you know, I mean, it, so... You know, the ham, again, is cured out by this guy, Rufus, and what's special about it is not that I was like, hey, can you make your, can you kind of tweak the recipe to come up with something new? I mean, what's special about the ham is that it's a third generation, and so kind of in that respect, uh, I have a very hands-off uh, approach. And same thing with Chris. I mean, he's making amazing product. Uh, you know, what I, what I have to offer uh, is what I think is the best pork, you know, North Carolina, maybe the United States have, has to offer, you know, from Sam real farmers. He, he doesn't tell you in North Carolina, he makes his own hot dogs, sells them at the farmer's market every Saturday. A pork pastrami that we can't sell nationally because it's done in North Carolina in a state-run facility, but it, Sam has chops. I, I make, a, I make well. a few things. Just but, a couple. Just yeah, just a couple. But I mean, the core of all, the core of everything that I do, really is the pork. I mean, the quality of this pork is just un unbelievable. It just um, opened up a little deli next to the um, barbecue restaurant, and we make our own bagels. And we've been selling so much breakfast sausage, and the 
I mean, a breakfast sausage is a very simple sausage. There's, we don't have a, any funky ingredients in it. It's not doesn't have maple syrup. It's just a straight up breakfast sausage. But I mean, the the richness and the the just how clean the fat is. I mean, that with with the ham you can taste it. With the sausage you can taste it. With the andouille you can taste it. Um, yeah, that's what excites me. Yeah. The, the quality of the pork. That's what gets me going. And then finding other people who appreciate that and want to bring something to it. I mean, that's, I love that's the camaraderie that happens here. Like, I love that all the charcuterie guys are buddies and all the cheese people are buddies. Um, oh, yeah. It's really amazing to see that it's it's not a it's not a mindset of competition at all. It's kind of like, oh, have you tried this thing? It's amazing. Like, have you tried Charlito's? Have you tried Lady Edison? Um, yeah, I love that so much. Um, Let's hear more about David. What what are you um, excited about sharing? And um, and I'm curious, as someone who is here telling the story of multiple brands, um, the role that like interacting with buyers and also like retail customers has in, in how you understand and promote everything. For me, it's easy because Carrie, my wife, does all of it, and I just stand in the background. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my contribution. Um, but as far as being excited, it's, it's um, say in this political or economic climate, I'm very happy that uh, the Mercantiles opened it up to some uh, international sponsors as well. And I think um, Ethex, a Spanish um, commercial division, is going to rent a table next year. Um, because, you know, we've been um, hit with tariffs this year, and I know that it's... Um, two sides of a coin with that, but really I think artists and producers have kind of banded together even internationally, and it's, I think in this day and age, as, as the industry has grown, um, it's hard to really parse out super high quality product and done well. And while a lot of these producers are now forced to try to ramp up their production and sell to larger clients, you know, some of these larger clients don't understand that they're not large producers and they can't give free fills and they can't like, give discounts every single day. So um, my fear becomes that some producers might compromise. So for me, it's whether than being domestic or international, it's, it's those producers that will not compromise on their product no matter if it hurts their pricing or it hurts, it hurts their integrity. They, they, they stick to what they believe, and, and for me, that's the most exciting thing. Um, and this is kind of a question for both of you. I mean, going back to that, I think making sure that people who are buying these incredibly special, incredibly labor-intensive, time-intensive, um, good food products, how do you make sure that the story is being told in a way that like the value is really being appreciated and the amount of, of time and effort and history behind these products um, is being appreciated? Because obviously there is price resistance and that's kind of part of this journey that everyone here is going through collectively is um, educating consumers, educating buyers. Um, so from, from both of your perspectives, like how do we do that? Um, well, um I'm very fortunate. The, the co-op, uh, all the members are animal welfare approved. And so that's uh, a certification done by a greener world. Um, they do a lot of uh, outreach, education, 
they help us. It's um, you know th there are lots of labels out there these days, and it's hard to know what they mean. So many of them are really meaningless. Um, so we've kind of gotten to the point where it you know labels don't mean anything because so many of them mean nothing. Uh, but AWA Animal Welfare Approved, uh, I think. Uh, global animal protection. I mean, though, there there are labels out there that mean something, and I think um, kind of standing behind those labels, not, or not just standing behind them and letting them do the talking, but you know, in in forms like this, explaining that they really are good. They they're not just they're they're not just there to help the consumer. They're there to help the farmers as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, me personally, I've never really felt the urge to get into the education side of things, educating the consumer. I, you know, I kind of have this I'm, I, ideal, idealized, not belief, but, you know, that if the, if the product is great, it'll talk for itself. I mean, I've, I've come to realize that, that it's not as simple as that. I mean, you, there, there, there needs to be a translation a lot of times from what the product is to what the consumer is looking for. And that's what labels do, that's what marketing yeah. does. Um, but as far as what I do, I step back. I, l I let the ham do it, I let... I Interviews let on Heritage Radio help as well. Yeah. <laughs> we do our best to spread the word about the tastiest things out there. Um, yeah, I guess David, same question for you. And, and you're dealing with multiple brands of you know, what mainstream markets would kind of consider luxury products um, so how do, how do you tell those stories and communicate to consumers why everything you use sell is so special well telling it's no problem because we're so passionate about the products yeah. um, getting the structure to be able to afford to go tell the product as much as possible is is what we built our whole business around yeah. um, so that's us that's a challenge every day but um, we tackle it and you know, for us, the biggest thing is working with the right people. And our our focus is selling to, like, the Anata Cheetahs of the world who help us out with the ham and, and um, smaller distributors or, or specialty shops that really care about the product. We're not here to go to sell the big box stores just so we can sell the hams. Maybe that will come eventually if, if they see it in the right stores. But um, you know, for me, it's it's also very important to support the people who started this industry. And you know, in Brooklyn, you see a lot of little cheese shops are struggling, and even in Chicago, Nature One closing. And so, I I feel it's our responsibility to support those people even more than the bigger bigger box stores um, because they're the ones who are going to be telling the story of the consumer. And if that disappears, we're we're in a lot of trouble. That's a really, I like that you mentioned that because I think we talk a lot about how um, how retailers can support makers and 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 I like hearing that like really like this is a, a circle, this is a whole community and like small retailers um, need the support of, of, yeah. of the brands like you, like you to, to help give them the tools they need and, and elevate their businesses. Yep. Um, What are you, what? <sighs> sigh. It's, this is when we're going to sigh. Um, so what have you tasted 
since you've been here at Good Food that has um, you know made the light bulb go off? Um, we're right across from, is it Tulip? The, the tulip tree. Tulip tree. Their cheese kind of blew my mind. It tastes like the most delicious fresh milk you've ever had. I, I don't know how to describe it. I've never, I mean, obviously cheese is made from milk. I, I think I knew that before I tried their cheese. But I really, I, I really knew it after I ate their cheese. I mean, it's, you know, and I mean, they have a, a blue, I mean, you know, they have strong flavors in their cheese, but there's this amazing, clean milkiness to their cheeses that I've, I, you know, maybe like with like with like Italian, like buffalo milk cheese, sometimes you get that. But I, yeah, that their cheese really kind of blew my mind. Nice. I haven't got to walk around, but Rustic Bakery gave us a box of crackers to use for the Anduya, which I just eat the crackers usually by themselves. So uh, Scott's a friend of mine, and, and I love their product, which they're local to here as well. Nice, nice. I just was chatting with um, Adam from um, the Far West Cider Company and got to taste some of his ciders. Um, so that was my most recent taste. So it's it's um, standing out in my mind. It's really good. Um, well, unfortunately, we have to wrap up. But thank you guys so much for sitting down to chat and and. Yeah, keep up the amazing work and making the world more delicious. We appreciate it. Thank um, you. And just real quick, where can our listeners find Lady Edison and, and also the full range of philosophies offerings? Okay, you're putting me on the spot. No, I mean, I'm sure they can find information on your website. <laughs> they can find uh, www.philosophyfoods.com and then your Lady Edison is ladyedisonpork.com. Ladyedisonpork.com. I think we just had a power, a power know, special power moment. Out. Although I see we've got red lights. Does that mean we're still going? Oh, we're here? running on batteries, so we don't, oh, we don't need any. Oh, here right. we go. Oh. Lights are back on. All right, okay. we're back. Well, thank you so much, David Yord from Philosophy Foods and Sam Shukoff from Lady Edison. Um, enjoy the rest of Mercantile. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank Thanks, you guys. so much. Um, and this is Heritage Radio Network on tour. I'm Hannah Forden here at Good Food Mercantile in San Francisco. Thanks again to Good Food for having us and to the Julia Child Foundation for making our coverage possible. Thanks for listening.